Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Wednesday, Dr. Paul. Did you have a nice fourth? I, I did, but I'm still working on the days. You're sure it's Wednesday. It's it's not Friday, and we're off tomorrow. Or something. <laughs> I'm all messed up, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think a few people that I know squeezed out extra days because uh, because it was this holiday in the middle of the week. But we march on regardless. There's That's always right. some news out there. If we can't find any disaster, we find good news. That's right. Yeah. I hope we have something good to say today. This is a semi-holiday. But we're going to start off with a problem. Drugs. There's still drugs around. So uh, I guess the big thing now is uh, there were drugs in the White House. Whoa. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> but the inspectors came in, the federal inspectors came in, and they looked at it, this white powder. They said, it's safe. You can go back. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> but uh, there was no disease uh, infestation that they were leaving there. But uh, that, that is something. But, you know, nobody's really uh, uh, surprised. And when we first talked about this, I said, I don't know, but this is a pretty boring subject. <laughs> Biden uses drugs, <laughs> but we don't have proof of that. No, no proof. No he, proof. Uh, he was uh, he, he visited for a little bit, and all of a sudden, a little white stuff was left over. <laughs> but uh, somebody's going to figure it out. But some people don't care. But you know what? I I got to thinking is um, Biden's uh, 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 Hunter's in trouble all the time. Yeah, he is. And I think he is a hidden libertarian. He's <laughs> instinctively very libertarian. When you think of it, uh, he, he is, um, he, he's against the drug laws. Yeah. So he's against the drug laws. He, he's against uh, the gun laws. Yeah. That makes him pretty good. And uh, he, he doesn't like taxes. <laughs> so I think we should nominate him not really now, as an honorary libertarian, <laughs> honorary libertarian. because he's following yeah. some of the things. The, the libertarians just roll over, we pay our taxes, and we do these things. We want to fight the battle, but, but we want to live within the system. But I, I guess he might have an instinct there. He really know, is a yeah, honorary so, libertarian. But I don't know. I've, I've, we may get some grief over this program today. <laughs> so, <laughs> we can put up that first uh, clip, and um, this is from the Washington examiner of course they draw the conclusions uh, in, they, they, it, they infer the conclusions it's a mystery cocaine found in White House after Hunter Biden visit um, and there's some speculation as to whether Hunter actually lives in the White House uh, and there is also some disagreement as to where they actually found these uh, narcotics were they in the library were they in the West Wing were they in the conservatory with the candlestick <laughs> no that's a different issue um, but put on the next one uh, this is from uh, this is from that article, I believe. No, this is from the BBC's write-up of it. Um, now, this is the part that I'm wondering because everyone wants to know: was it? Could it be a staffer? Yeah, it could be a staffer that brought it in. Um, it could be anyone that brought it in. This is an area. If it was in the library, it's an area that's part of the tour, so you could have a tourist that was dumb enough to bring that stuff in. Um, but it could be a staffer, and this is what they say: the Secret Service will lead a full review of how it got into the White House. Officials told CBS. They said cameras and entrance logs would be examined to determine who had access to the area where it was found. So, I mean, I don't know. I have not been in the White House before. Um, 
But I, I suspect because the president is working there that they've pretty much got everything under surveillance, I would think, I would hope actually. So there should be a camera somewhere of someone taking out this packet. But this could be used as further evidence that drug war is a farce. Yeah. It never worked. And, you know, it used to be, and it still happens, you know, we still have a lot of drug wars and a lot of drug, drug, drug people being arrested. But uh, they, uh, they, they are, uh, they, they, they find that the drug war, uh, if they never could even keep the drugs out of the prison, there's wheeling and dealing in yeah, the prison. Yeah, for so sure. I guess that they, I guess the White House is sort of like a prison yeah. for some people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the drug war do doesn't prove much. But, you know, one thing people have forgotten, uh, they, they have forgotten the story about and the seriousness of alcohol has been over yeah. the years, enough for them to change the Constitution and make it prohibited. And you know what? There are still statistics out that show show more people die from alcohol than fentanyl. Yeah. Now yeah. that may need more researching, but a lot of people die from alcohol. But everybody's given up on you know prohibition because yeah. it, it was a farce. So uh, that was a total failure. And, and this is a well now they're moving in a direction of uh, of, of marijuana and other. But yeah. but that, that's not it. But, but uh, people used to and get me when I was would be against the uh, drug war they say oh you're 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 for marijuana and all these drugs and, and morphine and all that I know I'm for freedom yeah. freedom of choice hey, let yeah. the people to make the decision so they have more maybe they have more freedom of choice in the White House yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, but 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 anyway the, the drug war failed and even matter of fact somebody needs to analyze and there have been some libertarians analyzing what the borders might be like but you know who really would detest uh, you know getting rid of the drug war or the drug dealers yeah no kidding <laughs> they make the millions and they get political power over all we have to do is study the border and uh, but they're not selling uh, they're not selling alcohol no they're, no. Not, they're not sneaking alcohol in over no. the border yeah and still a lot of people suffer from it but you, and the one thing I can I, this is from experience there's a lot of alcohol used in Washington DC in oh the US capital <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's uh, it's hi hypocritical, and it's not the answer. And I consider the alcohol and the drugs just terrible, and uh, I, I I just think such a waste. But there's so many ways. Why is it that we have to have a, uh, a a government telling us what to do and not to do, and then somebody comes in and they can make a lot of money? And then make kids susceptible to them, get them addicted, yeah. and then they go out and sell more. But oh, we got to keep doing it. Yeah, failed on alcohol, but that was different. Uh, politicians sort of like the alcohol. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's legal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no kidding. Well, I mean, I guess the last thing we can say is, and this is pure speculation, but my guess is if we hear no more about the cocaine, it was probably Hunter's. Um, but if they find the guy who did it and he confesses or whatever, or the gal, I should say. Um, then we'll know. So we'll see what happens with that. It's a mystery. Dumb idea to bring drugs into places like that. Um, so I, I, let's move on <clears throat> to the next topic. And this is also, this is a good news story. I think this is, I'm going to say, I think this is the good news story of the year, Dr. Paul. And if we can skip ahead to that Wall Street Journal article. Now this just came out on, of all times, Independence Day. Um, the, uh, the day we declared independence, the anniversary, the celebration of it. And I think it's appropriate in Others have said that this is from the Wall Street Journal. 
judge rules that Biden administration likely trampled on free speech on social media. <clears throat> and if you go to the next one, this is a federal judge, and I'm not an expert, but I would love to see this go before the Supreme Court. Because a federal judge ruled the Biden administration likely trampled on the First Amendment by trying to eliminate what it saw as disinformation on social media. And the judge issued a broad preliminary injunction limiting the federal government from policing online content. In a 155-page ruling issued Tuesday, U.S. District Judge Terry Doughty of Louisiana barred White House officials and multiple federal agencies from contacting social media companies with the purpose of suppressing political views and other speech normally protected from government censorship. You know how these battles are fought, people turn, turn the issue upside down. They, they may be guilty of it, but they blame the other side. And now the people who resent this type of ruling say, oh, they're ruining our chance, you know, to uh, protect, protect speech for, because we want to stop the disinformation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so they use that. And national security, they've, they've entered that too, because what they're doing is trying to prevent things going out there that were hard for harm of national security. That's by undermining the First Amendment. I, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's just great that this is happening. And uh, some, the, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the people now are saying that it's the, you know, the government interference. They, sh they shouldn't be partners. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be uh, in business you know, with the social media yeah. or, or any media. And, and that's that's where that's where the problem is. Is they they they're they're buddies and uh, they they work hand in glove. But you know the other side that might be good, and I think it's already worked. They're taking a, a little closer look at the FBI. Yeah. Because the FBI is the one that's probably most involved, and they've been accused of of participating and deciding who gets to be canceled. Yeah. Oh, just the bad guys, the people who are lying, and uh, we're going to give them the yeah, we're going to give them the truth. Uh, uh, we're the government. We know what the truth is. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been grappling with this through the COVID years because you know there was a lot of response, a lot of it from libertarians saying, "Hey, these are private companies." You can't, you can't dare say what they can or cannot allow on their platforms. And that was a difficult issue. But we absolutely learned without equivocation through the Twitter files that these were not simply private entities acting as such. They were acting at the direction of the United States government to the person pointing to, you got to get rid of this person, you got to get, get rid of that person. Now what I would love to see is this whole thing expanded. And when with this, this is a, actually a very narrow ruling. Uh, if we can... <coughs> If we can put the next one on, actually, I think it'll explain it more. Um, if you go next to the next one, yeah. The judge's injunction came in a lawsuit led by Republican attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana who alleged that the Biden administration <coughs> fostered a sprawling federal censorship enterprise. Now, we know some of the people who brought this lawsuit, Jay Bhattacharya, the guys around the... Um, the Great Barrington Declaration, because they all found themselves censored during COVID, cut out of social media, kicked off. So they brought this lawsuit, and I think it's very, very important that they won, but I think it needs to be expanded rather than singling out, okay, you can't talk to the, so, uh, to the social media, you and the Biden administration, or the Biden administration whatsoever. I would love to see it go to the Supreme Court and say, federal officials full stop cannot interfere in these private companies telling them what, what they can or can't do with free speech. 
To me, it's interesting that it wasn't a political challenge to, to free speech that elicited this case. It was the attack on science. You'd think that should be the last place yeah. I do it. But here they all pop up on science. But that shows you the power of the military industrial complex, the pharmaceutical industry. And they were the ones that were able to use this weapon of the government coming in. And uh, of course, the government with the money and the subsidies and everything else is so powerful that uh, they can get these companies. So the companies uh, are roll over. The, the victory on this is uh, a corporatism. Yeah. And, uh, and the greatest danger is that of accepting uh, the, the whole principle of uh, fascism. You know, yeah. where they become really close partners, but they're pretty close now, more so than they, they want to let us know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know this, Judge, before, but I really admire some of these uh, statements that he made in his ruling. If we can skip ahead to the one that starts the evidence thus far, skip ahead to that clip. Now, this is from the Zero Hedge write up of the ruling, and this just shows a lot about the thinking of the judge. Now, here's one of the things he wrote in his ruling quote, the evidence thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario. During the COVID-19 pandemic, a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty, the United States government seems to assume a role similar to an Orwellian Ministry of Truth. He continues, the judge continues, the White House defendants made it very clear to social media companies what they wanted suppressed and what they wanted amplified, wrote Dowdy. Faced with unrelenting pressure from the most powerful office in the world, the social media companies apparently complied. And then he quoted some communications from administration officials, these are U.S. government officials, contacting social media companies saying they represent, quote, examples of coercion. And I don't think anyone would disagree with the judge saying that these direct quotes from the White House to the social media companies. Here's the first one cannot stress the degree to which this needs to be resolved immediately. Please remove this count account immediately. Next one, they wrote to Facebook, are you guys blanking serious? And I take out the word. I want an answer on what happened and I want it today. There's a White House writing to Facebook. Here's another one. This is a concern that is shared at the highest, and I mean highest, levels of the White House. And here's the next one. Hey folks, I wanted to flag below tweet and wondering if we can get it moving on the process of having it removed, ASAP. So here is what the federal government was doing. Here's what the Biden White House was doing. It was constantly writing to Twitter and all the other ones saying, this guy needs to go, this guy needs to go. This guy doesn't have First Amendment rights. This guy has to, you know, be removed. So it's, it's pretty shocking. You know, some of this is the one item. You remove this item and don't don't talk about this. But the other thing is uh, firing somebody or canceling somebody. Yeah. And it reminds me of something I read long ago, and uh, I've said it on the program quite often, and that is the Soviets weren't, everybody who disobeyed the rules, they didn't come in and shoot them or put them in prison and yeah. deal with them. What did they do? They denied economic benefits, mm -hmm. you know, uh, food, job, housing, and, uh, and what did they do? The doctors were really treated badly, the ones that you know, lost their prestigious positions. Yeah. I mean, some of them were the, the leaders in the community on, on journal, uh, medical journalism, yeah, yeah. and the whole works, and they just took that away from them. So uh, I would hope that uh, that will all be rectified, and uh, there, there will be an attempt. But it was sad to me to see that the doctors, uh, you know, were uh, so, so often were going along, and the ones that didn't get along, they got 
really tough yeah. time because it was a big deal yeah. on, on the scenario. I mean, Fauci sent out the, no, no, we don't know if he did that, <laughs> but, but, but he had a sentiment that existed that sort of put pressure on people to, to protect his industry. And you're right. I mean, these were among the most eminent doctors, Jay Bhattacharya, Peter McCullough. I mean, these were serious, serious people canceled. And it was amazing. Well, one of the persons that was named in this 155-page ruling uh, was none other than RFK Jr. And I'll put this next one up because he tweeted when the ruling came out. Um, if, you can, if you can find that next one. Here he goes. Here's what RFK said. Uh, yesterday when it came out. Federal judge orders President Biden to stop censoring his critics, including me. The decision mentions me on page 17. Happy Independence Day, everyone. And so I went and I looked at the ruling, and it's fascinating. If you can go to the next one, this is the page that mentions RFK Jr. by name. This is the judge's ruling. He said, other examples of posts that did not violate Facebook policies, but would nonetheless be suppressed, included content that originated from Children's Health Defense, a nonprofit activist group headed by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., labeled by defendants as one of the, quote, disinformation dozen. And he goes on, on April 14th, 2021, Slavit emailed Facebook executive Nick Clegg with a message expressing the displeasure with Facebook's failure to censor Tucker Carlson. Slavin stated, not for nothing, but the last time we did this dance, it ended in an insurrection. <laughs> The subject line was Tucker Carlson's anti-vax message. And so who is this slavit guy? Well, hold on, put on the next one. Here's what he is. He's not just some nobody. From May 28, 21 to July 10, 21, a senior meta executive reportedly copied Andrew Slavit, former White House senior COVID-19 advisors, on his emails to, Senator, uh, to Surgeon General Murthy, alerting them that meta was engaging in censorship of COVID-19 information according to White House requests and indicating, quote, expanded penalties for individual Facebook accounts that share misinformation. Now, this is why I want to put this up, Dr. Paul. I'm sorry for the long read, but this is what Meta said, that Meta is Facebook. Meta also stated, quote, we think there is considerably more we can do in partnership with you and your team to drive behavior. So here's the, here are the companies getting literally into bed saying, we want to drive the behavior of Americans in a way that pleases the White House. That sounds so corrupt to me. And then what happens when a broadcaster or an interviewer introduces and starts talking about uh, RFK? Yeah. They say, oh, yeah, he's uh, saying I say a few nice things about him. But then they go and they attack him. If it was just not for his radicalism about, you know, yeah. vaccines and all this, and, uh, and then they dismiss him. But but first they have to say a little bit of nice things. But they still they can't stand him yeah, because yeah. he's he's telling the truth. And I don't think I don't think he's ever going to be the one that says, you know, I know the truth about everything and I'm yeah. God. But these people that are against him. They, that's their attitude it, because there's a vacuum out there and they can establish right and wrong and they're going to they're gonna make these decisions. And up until now, uh, it's generally been pretty easy to, uh, uh, you, you know, destroy another person's character. But I think they went too far and the American people have uh, really awakened and, yeah. and they're looking at this more critically. And I, I hope that continues and I hope that means we have some good news ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our last story of the day is another good news story. This is Good News Wednesday 
on the Ron Paul Liberty Report because we have noticed, and you noticed and mentioned to me, that some of the GOP uh, contenders for the primary are taking very hawkish neocon positions. Let's put up this next one. This is Dan Larison writing on Responsible Statecraft. Nikki Haley turns hawkish takes on China up to 11. She said, we have no interest in dialing back tensions with Beijing. She gave a speech to the neocon American Enterprise Institute uh, on Tuesday, and she was hardcore hawk. But she has the conditions, and there's, there's a limit. <clears throat> she says, I will push Congress to in, in, revoke permanent normal trade relations. That's a, that's a big deal, I'll tell you. They don't realize what they're talking about yeah. there with China until the flow of fentanyl ends. China, China's sending us. If we, <laughs> if we put more, more sanctions on China, deny, deny some purchasing made by poor people in this country after us dumping all the money over there, then, then we don't like, uh, like how they spend it. I think down deep in their hearts, the people who are hating uh, China are either subtly or really realizing that we're secondhand. Now we're we're not we're not the superpower and we're not the super economic power that we yeah. used to be. And maybe economic power, our foreign, I mean, a military power, because uh, our our policies come up short at times. I mean, the, the war lasted a little bit longer in Ukraine than our military people thought it was. Well, why didn't they think second uh, think again and? And forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, they're going to continue to do that. But uh, I, I think it's, uh, I think there's a definite <laughs> change in attitudes, and um, they, uh, <clears throat> they, they, they will. The people will eventually wake up, and I yeah. think that's good. Well, the other, the other GOP contender uh, who's taking that same <clears throat> position, if we can put the skip ahead and go to the one with Mike Pence, <clears throat> is none other than Mike Pence. He was in Ukraine last week saying we need to send more weapons and get more involved in that war. And then he stopped over at the MEK. The MEK is a terrorist organization, or at least it was until the U.S. decided to take them off a list. It's a crazy death cult. And here is Connor Freeman on the Libertarian Institute saying, Mike Pence and other Republican hawks back regime change in Iran at an MEK rally in Paris. Go to the next one if you can. Former U.S. Vice President Pence participated in a rally outside Paris by the exiled Iranian terrorist cult, the Marxist Islamic Mujahideen e Kalk, headed by Maryam Rajavi, and their political front, the National Council of Resistance for Iran. So he went over there saying, We need to be more and more hawkish. We need to overthrow Iran. We need to fight in Ukraine. Well, you would say, Well, why is this a good news story? This is depressing. Well, the reason it's a good news story, if we go uh, move ahead to, to that chart, because this is one of the more recent polls of the GOP challengers. And I hate to break the news, Dr. Paul, but Mike Pence and Nikki Haley are not doing very well in the polls. So you have the top two contenders. Trump, who was after was indicted, is actually pulling even better than he was before. Uh, DeSantis has lost a bit. But as we know, Trump and DeSantis both have dialed back their traditional old line GOP hawkishness and as a result they're much more popular. Yeah, I'm there for a while when uh, Haley and Pence is well known, I thought, well what if Pence won? 
and uh, he put Haley as vice president, oh or vice versa. <laughs> but good news there, the people aren't falling for their stories. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah I think that's great. Nobody wants these hawks. And, and it still shows, you showed it by that graph, about, uh, you, you know, all the things that are thrown at Trump. <clears throat> I keep saying, you know, uh, maybe the, maybe we have a plant yeah. in the, uh, maybe the Republicans have a plant uh, in the Biden group and getting them to do these dumb things because the more they dump on Trump, the more popular he gets, the more money he raises. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing that uh, he, he survives it all. Just last week, well, how many? 85 more? More challenges yeah. than that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't some people finally wake up and say, that's a little bit bizarre. Yeah, <clears throat> I think. And, and uh, the more cases he can win, the better. But they are bound to determine there is one thing: they cannot stand him. They can't match him on ideas, and so they're going to have to try to destroy him and yeah. make him a non-person where he won't be allowed to run. Now that's a little dancing around the Constitution because the Constitution is pretty open-ended about who's allowed to run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'm going to close out by reminding everyone, if we put that last clip on, that we are going to get together on September 2nd in Washington, D.C. Uh, which way, America, it's a big topic because everything we talk about on this show is going to be front and center speech, war, destruction, and the future. And we'll end on an optimistic note. I'm going to announce some more speakers probably early next week. Uh, we're just finishing up some plans, but it's already going to be an absolutely great lineup. Um, go to ronpaulinstitute.org. I'll put a link there. You can get more information and get your tickets and upper division undergrad and grad students. Make sure you apply for the Ron Paul Scholar Seminar. That takes place the day before. It's a one-day boot camp on foreign policy and civil liberties with great presenters. And you get to go to the conference the next day and sit on a special table. There are scholarships available if you want to participate, so go ahead. There is a link on the ronpaulinstitute.org website. It's a short application, uh, so fill it out and come join us uh, as a special student on scholarship. Over to you, Dr. Very Paul. good. <coughs> and, <coughs> excuse me, Daniel, you mentioned this the other day about when we checked we, in the audience at our conference that half the people were new to the conference, and that's very good. And uh, I, I would say that, that is the best way, word of mouth, spread of information. And But the, the, the loyal uh, supporters keep coming back, some from out of state, out of the country, different places, and they, they, they come back. But we love to see the new people, and we always have young people there, and Daniel works with them, you know, at this time, and has even conferences designed for them, a sort of a program. But I tell you what, it... Uh, it is the best way to move things along, and uh, we mentioned this uh, past week that uh, this was something that Leonard Reeder did. Leonard Reed did with Fee is get small groups of people to talk and educate oneself because I am fully convinced of that. And the, the, not only do I believe that if somebody is leading the charge of small groups is the best way to learn that the, one of the worst ways to learn is depend 100% on government education. That I would challenge. That doesn't mean everybody went to government schools. I went to the government school for a long time, and my kids did too. But that, that's, uh, that, that doesn't mean that the, the uh, government schools don't deserve a little criticism, especially since COVID. 
that, that is what a lot of people woke up with, uh, with COVID and they realized something was wrong, but they, uh, financial reasons and other reasons, they, they went back, back to that and didn't stay in a private school or homeschooling. But a lot of people are, and remember numbers aren't, to, aren't the most critical thing. It is a small group of people who believe in something and are willing to sh spread the message. And messages and the, uh, the uh, principles of liberty are more powerful than all the guns. Believe it or not, the guns are terrible. We have to deal with them, and there's a lot of violence out there. But a good idea cannot be stopped by an army. Eventually, a good idea prevails, and that's what we want to help to happen. To so more people will understand exactly why liberty is so important. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.